Oh, we're live here. It is 9.03 on a Monday, and you know what that means. It means my YouTube camera needs adjusting. And here we are, Monday night. This one, guys, is going to be a bit of a weird... Not weird, that's not the right word at all. I'm discombobulated, and I'm sorry for that. <clears throat> so, uh, full disclosure, this is not going to be the most normal episode. Going to drink a beer. It's a good one, too. It's a damn good beer. Uh, but I want to give a legitimate content warning here. Um, not being sarcastic, not being facetious, for realsies. This, uh, we're going to be talking about some heavy stuff in this app, including uh, depression and uh, significant mental illness and suicide. Um, it ain't fun. And uh, if that is just not where you're at right now, I will not be upset if you need to tap out. Um, take very gentle care of yourself here. But uh, just be aware that's what we're going to be talking a bit about. And uh, yeah, if I'm not my usual chipper self, it'll all make sense in a little while. Anyway, um, with that in mind, if you're still here, thank you for hanging out. Oh, I just realized, what if people are tuning in live? Well, I think I've done my due diligence and hopefully I don't cause too much heartache or trouble. Um, Last Sunday, a week ago yesterday, uh, my oldest friend Tim went missing, uh, and Tim had suffered from significant mental health problems for a long time. Um, he went for a kayak off of the coast of Vancouver Island, where he was living, and he did not come back, and he left indications that he was not planning on coming back. And so we've been dealing with the fallout of that. Unfortunately, uh, his body hasn't been recovered. Um, his kayak was. So it does seem like uh, this time um, he did it. And now we don't have him anymore, which is pretty upsetting. So um, probably talk a bit more about Tim after we uh, drink the beer. Uh, because unfortunately in life... Sometimes you just got to tuck your chin and you carry on. Uh, I picked up a bunch of beers this week from these guys holding it up for the cameras here. Red Tape Brewing. Man, I love a new brewery. It's got that new brewery smell. I actually didn't go in. They delivered. Um, Sarah Beth dropped it off. She's one of the founders. And as a founder of a small craft brewery, it means you do everything, including delivering beer to hipsters uh, who have podcasts and buy your beer. So uh, that's how we came to meet, and it was very nice. Um, I really wanted to do their Saison. Uh, I got the two cans of that. I had one um, to see what I thought of it and really enjoyed it a lot. Um, but the problem is it was literally on my desk before I went live. Uh, and I had to swap it out because unfortunately it's called Celebration Saison and I just couldn't reconcile that. Um, I could try and intellectualize it all I wanted, but it just didn't feel appropriate. Um, morning, one of my best friends passing um, did not seem appropriate. Uh, but I will tell you, it's a very tasty Saison, really nice ginger pop to it. And uh, yeah, spicy and uh, everything I like in a good Saison. I haven't done a Saison on the show in so long, so I might buy it again and do it a couple weeks from now, maybe. 
just not right now. Can't do a celebration saison. Much more appropriately, tonight I'll be drinking Standing on the Shoulders of Giants Pale Ale, uh, which I do. And uh, yeah, again, going to be a heavy one, guys, and I'm sorry. Lost one of my giants this week, so. Hmm. Anyway, I have also had this. It's a delicious pale ale, and I'm going to tell you all about it. So let's do this. Let's get some Foley going. Got a glass here of dubious cleanliness because I just drank a basuto from Godspeed out of it after I got back from Physio, where I got stuck full of pins. And I'm feeling pretty loose, not loosey-goosey, if you guys remember. I'm not loosey-goosey, not yet. Check with me in 45 minutes, but uh, no, I'm feeling very loose and limber after that. My hips especially are nice and they feel well-oiled. I didn't get oiled. I got stuck full of pins, but they they feel well oiled. Anyway, standing on the shoulders of giants, pale ale. Gosh, I love a pale ale. I do love a saison too, but give me a pale ale, and I'm happy as a clam at high tide. Sorry, guys. Uh, I'm really, really in a weird headspace. I don't normally just dive in and take a sip. So let's talk about the way it smells, and I'll just I'll just treat that as a. That was, a little, that was just a little sneak peek preview for me there. A little sneak peek. All right, so, sorry. Shake it out. We're going to get through this together. Mmm. Uh, I get a little bit of melon maybe in that. Some citrusy notes, like citra, the hop, and also citrusy, like... White grapefruit, maybe? White grapefruit peel. I get pretty particular about my grapefruits because I like grapefruit a lot. And so I care about grapefruits. Mm, what's going on with the malts in this? This is the thing. I have had it. I did not... Uh, oh, hey, baby. Thanks for joining. Uh, that's my wife just joined the, the live stream. Um... There's something going on with the malts. I, I wasn't paying that close attention the last time I drank it. I will confess that I often just sit down and drink a beer for the sheer joy of it uh, without really deconstructing it. it. Took me a long time to get there. I still do kind of think of it, you know. It's hard not to work through the beer a bit, but I try not to be too particular about beers when I just want to enjoy them. Uh, something about that. Is it honey malt? I'm smelling my hand, if you're watching the video, partially to reset my nose, and I've talked about this before, the smell of your own skin can help you kind of kind of baseline again, and then you can smell fresh. But I'm also checking to make sure that I don't, I'm not smelling myself. Not that I typically smell like honey malt, but one never knows. Yeah, there's a really interestingly sweet malt. It's not caramelly, that's the thing. And I don't think it's crystal. I mean, I, okay, I think honey malt is technically a crystal malt, but it's not like crystal malt. I think it's honey malt. There might be just a tinge of honey. Let's not look at the can yet. I have looked at a few of the cans, and I don't think it's going to give me any information on this. Anyway, there is a delicately sweetness to the uh, malt that's interesting to my, my nose. Anyway, now I'm going to drink it. I already had a sip, but I wasn't paying any attention. Don't worry. If anything, I was just kind of 
I don't want to say rinsing the basuto out. That makes it sound like I didn't enjoy it being in there, but ushering it out into my stomach so that now I can focus on this. So let's do that. Mm. Hmm. Oh, earthy. Earthier than I would have thought off the nose. Still some melon for sure. Like, uh, kind of cantaloupey, but not as sweet. Mmm. It's interesting, I think, because the... Oh, no, right on the finish, maybe. There is a little sweetness to it. It's got to be coming off that malt. I think that there is some sort of... I think there's some sort of crystal malt that could be a honey malt. I'm not sure. There's some sort of very nice but delicately sweet malt. And the beautiful thing here is, like, you got to go looking for it. There was a period when uh, the <laughs> classic Ontario pale ale was like, dump a bunch of crystal malt in, dump a bunch of cascade in, and it's an Ontario pale ale. Um, that is not what is happening here. This is a very well-constructed beer, and it's got just a glimmer of something sweet that is, it's quite nice. Uh, yeah, hoppy profile. It's, it's, um, it's not, it's not um, particularly bitter on the, on the palate, like feeling. Um, it's, it's, it's very aromatic more than anything. Oh, I didn't even talk about it. It's hazy, but you can see through it. Nice uh, ambery yellow color there. Had a nice fluffy head the other day when I poured it very violently. I tend to pour it a little more cautiously on the podcast because I don't enjoy having beer on my crotch, and that's where it ends up if I'm not paying attention. Mm. Or my keyboard. No, it's not cantaloupe, it's honeydew melon. That's what it is. Anyway. Mm. A really nice pale ale. It reminds me... Hmm. I feel like it's ringing a bell in my head, and I just don't know which bell is ringing right now. Because it's reminding me of something. It's reminiscent. Hmm. You know what it's almost like? There's something about it that's almost a little bit like two-hearted ale, which I believe is Bells, if I recall. Or is it Founders? I think it's Bells. Really nice. It's, um, it's, I don't want to say delicate because I feel like that's going to have a negative connotation to it, but there is, there's a delicateness to this beer. It's not aggressively hoppy at all. It's, it's soft. It's really nice. Kind of regretting that I didn't spend more time thinking about it the last time I drank it. I think I just gulped it down in pleasure. Okay. I'm going to read the label now. Um, standing on the shoulder of giants is a hazy pale ale dry hopped with a moderate amount of citra that's all they give me they do talk about um, standing on the shoulders of giants pale ale we wouldn't be where we are today without lessons from our ancestors for all the craft brewers who have supported Red Tape Brewery as we open we are grateful we hope we can make similar contributions for the next generation guys if you're making beer like this, you're doing A-OK. -okay. And if you're sharing your wisdom and knowledge with the up-and-coming brewers, 
you will shortly have people's feet on your shoulders. So I would say cheers to this. This is a very tasty beer. Yeah, it's a mm, little bit of delicate sweetness. A lot of hot presence, but without a lot of perceived bitterness on the on the cheeks, like physical bitterness. I am. I'm getting like like honeydew melon, but not as sweet. And um, yeah, just citrusiness, like white grapefruity, maybe, but not not aggressively. And again, peel, not juicy. Bit of sweetness on the malt, really nice. Like it's almost subdued which is so counterintuitive with a pale ale. There's no doubt that this is a pale ale. This is definitely a pale ale, but it's just like nice. It's like, it's a chill pale ale. I like this a lot. I could see myself drinking a lot of this. Mm. They also have another pale ale called That Was Easy. That one reminded me a lot of Dale's pale ale, uh, which is really nice too. Um, a little more evergreen, I think, if I'm recalling right in that one. Yeah, this one, yeah, you get it, you know, as it's building, I'm about, what would we say, third of the way in. It's starting to build a bit of um, kind of resininess on my cheeks. But it's not, again, it's not It's not sticky at all. It's very, and it's quite smooth. It's got a very creamy mouthfeel. Um, it's really nice. This is a very good pale ale. Mm. This almost tastes like the kind of pale ale that would taste really good on nitro. Mm, I'd like that, I think. Oh, getting a little apple maybe to it. Maybe, yeah, a little green apple. It could sort of be the honeydew a little bit because there's still a melony note to it, too. That is something. That is something. Hmm. Now, uh, what are we going to eat? Well, it's interesting because it is such a, a delicate uh, flower, as it were. We don't want to crush it with anything. We want to work with it. What do we got? Some melons, some fruit, some grapefruit. A bit of bitterness. What on earth should we eat while we drink this? Well, well, I really am at a loss right now. Sorry, guys. My head's not in a great space. Uh, hasn't been for a while. So trucking along here, this would be a really nice little beer just to have like a little, uh, a little bit of cheese, a little soft, not a hard ripe cheddar. That would be too much. You get this Beamster seasonally, and I believe it normally lands here sort of late spring. And the deal is it's the, the milk from the cows when they get the first fresh growth of grass, pardon me, in the spring. And it's very, um, there's an earthy quality to it. It's very creamy. Um, and I think it could work really well with this. I think that'd be nice. And really, and this is just, this is just great. It would be fine with just about anything. Um, I, you know what I want this with? Hmm. I want this with a with a burger. I'd have mine uh, plant-based, but you feel free to have a bit of beef up in that or wh whatever you want. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not, not going to tell you your business. Um, typically for me with a burger, I go kind of big. I like, uh, I like a big barbecue sauce on there. Um, you know, some nice crisp sweet onion, um, pickles, 
pickled jalapenos. I like all that. I like I like I like some oomph to it. But what if we kind of went a little bit more chill and maybe did like, um, you know, some guacamole or maybe just some smeared avocado and a bit of ranch dressing? Ooh, that could be nice. And then, yeah, a bit of a maybe not that Beamster cheese. Uh, guess which dumbass forgot to unplug his refrigerator. It's me. Um, Maybe not that beamster, but maybe not just like melty cheddar, as I like to call it, or American cheddar. Not slices, not craft slices, um, but, uh, you know, a block of cheese melts well. Not that, though. I mean, probably not mozzarella, but something with a little bit of character to it, like maybe a brie. That'd be nice. Burger with some nice melted brie, maybe some caramelized onions and a bit of guacamole or some avocado and a bit of ranch. That'd be, that could work really well. You get a lot of like spices and um, different layered characteristics, but none of them, the ranch maybe is getting a little bit because of the buttermilk, a little tart, um, but I don't think it would get out of control. I think that would be really nice. And, and again, so this isn't a particularly bitter uh, beer, but I think it would work pretty well in that context because there's gonna be a lot of fat characteristics there. Burger, brie, uh, avocado, ranch like a lot of fat there this is this has got enough to cut through that um and then yeah just add like a an extra layer a bit of juxtaposition i think that'd be a really nice that'd be a nice combination thanks for waiting with me while i got to that i know it took a while mm, what a nice beer that is a really really fantastic pale ale uh red tape if you're looking for them they're on main street uh main street usa no main street in toronto which, funny enough, is not a particularly main street for most of it, for basically its whole run. It's more or less a side street. It does have a section where they are, which is kind of busy, but other than that, it's, it's fairly, <laughs> fairly innocuous street. Um, they are... Oh, there is oats in here, by the way, which would explain some of that nice creaminess. 159 Main Street in Toronto on the east side. Nice little stretch of the street there. And right by uh, Beach Hill Smokehouse. So if you like authentic Texas barbecue and beer, you could do a lot worse than ending up in that neighborhood. Best part is you wouldn't be supporting a Nazi who is the other big barbecue person in the city let's not even talk about him i don't want to talk about nazis tonight i want to talk about my buddy tim so once again if you're watching this live and you weren't here for the content warning gonna be talking about depression and mental illness and suicide so if you need to step out go don't worry i'm not upset i'm not offended final warning though also a high probability of tears but we'll see how i do uh my buddy tim Passed away. Suicide. Just awful. Um, as I say, he'd struggled for a long time. Um, I've since discovered not great at treatment. Would be good in treatment and then would just stop as soon as he got out. Which is a significant part of the problem, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, but I loved him to the moon and back. And as adults, we actually didn't see each other or even talk particularly often. Um, we could go months um, and even years. I haven't I think I had a couple of mild interactions with him since 2018, but that was 2018 would have been the last time I saw him in person. And he just had a real serious decline and I guess couldn't take it anymore. Um, it's interesting. I, I've been talking a lot about it to people who I've kind of within my circle of, of, of support and trust. And um, a friend today was saying, um, it was the first he'd heard of it. And he said, oh yeah. And, 
Um, he, he, he was very sympathetic, obviously, and, and sent his condolences and whatever. Um, and he was saying, yeah, oh, it's just, you know, you hear, he said, you know, you hear, you know, like the bell let's talk stuff and all that. And I said, but just when it actually is happening, like all that sort of good intention and whatever is all for naught. And I said, yeah. And I said, it's interesting. I don't think it was just a lack of talking about it, but I am very aware that I don't think Tim had a vocabulary for how to deal with his mental illness. And I know that he struggled. My perception had been that it was like he didn't want to be a burden on people and he didn't want them to worry. Um, but through some conversations with some other close friends of his, uh, it seems to be there, there was some aspect as well of like, he felt like it was an, an, an indication of weakness or of incompleteness. It's like, I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know if you even care what some dude on a podcast says. Um, and the other thing is intellectualizing. It doesn't change the way that things like this work in your head. And I have some issues with some very mild depression and still can perfectly understand that you can intellectually understand something. It doesn't necessarily mean your brain is going to believe it. Um, but having a mental illness, having difficulties, Tim was bipolar at least. This does not mean that you are inadequate or in any way lesser or weak. You're not a burden. The burden really is when you're gone, if I'm honest with you. So for all I'm saying that, you know, it wasn't just an issue of talking. Please, please don't hesitate to talk about it. Be very real about your struggles. They, your struggles don't have to define you and they don't indicate that you're an inadequate or weak person. Um, but if you can't name them and if you can't point at them, you're, you're effectively ignoring them and they will come out, come out and get you. So pretty heavy podcast and I'm sorry for that. I'm also really sorry for my, my dear friend, Tim. My one piece of comfort is I have a real sense that it must be, must have been horrible, horrible living in his head, dealing with all that. Just dealing with a major mental break and decline is probably horrific. And then add on top of that, he was trying desperately hard to be normal and he couldn't, but he was trying. It just must have been exhausting. And at least now he's not exhausted, so... Um, I'll probably leave it there. Next week, hopefully, it'll be a little bit more back to normal. Not sure. Maybe I'll pull in a guest. That might help keep my mind off things a little bit. If you've lost somebody to mental illness, I am so sorry. And you have my sympathy and condolences. And if you're struggling or if you're struggling with a person who's struggling and you need to reach out, I mean, there are tons of resources, but if you're listening to this, I'm not hard to find. And I'll at the very least listen. Can't say I got much to tell you, but hey, we're all in this together, guys. We only, uh, yeah, we're only as strong as our weakest link. That sounds stupid and like some dumb poster. Let's not go with that. I'd say edit of that out, but I'm not gonna. I'm too lazy for that nonsense. 
thinking out loud doesn't always work, and I'm sorry for that. Take care of the people around you. Check up on people. Checking up doesn't always mean they're going to be honest with you. Don't let yourself worry that maybe if you just checked up a little more, you know? So, hug your people. <laughs> and I'll, uh, I'll be back next week. We'll talk at you just after nine. Have a good night, guys.